Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Phillies Today podcast coming to you on this Wednesday, May 24th, 2023. I, of course, am your host, Dan Wilson. And once again, following yet another Phillies loss. Phillies fall to 22-26 and 26 on the season, a 4-3 loss to the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Phillies lose yet another series. They won that one series against the Cubs, but a streak of series losses in a row. They will lose another one against the Diamondbacks, and now tomorrow, or later today, I should say, will try to salvage this entire homestand uh, and with a 3-3, three and three, like 500 homestand against the Cubs and Diamondbacks. Flat-out unacceptable. Flat-out unacceptable bad baseball that this team is playing as of right now. This team is, is not the same team that we saw last October. This Phillies roster, while they wear the same uniforms as a lot of the same names, has not looked anything remotely close to the team who went to the World Series a season ago. And that, that was my biggest fear coming into the season. Before we get into my takeaways from the game, before we get into you know what's been wrong with this Philly season, there have been a number of things. Last offseason, like the entire offseason going into this year, I feared that last October was kind of the exception to the rule, that we'd gone through a decade of losing Phillies baseball only for them to make the World Series, and that I had always been told, you know, grown up hearing about the 1993 Phillies and how that team was like lightning in a bottle, and everyone loved them, but they didn't do anything before and they didn't do anything after. And I'm not suggesting that this team will never do anything after. They certainly didn't do anything uh, postseason-wise beforehand, but they kind of came together last year, went to the World Series, uh, all of them their first, well, not all of them, but a majority of them their first appearance in the postseason ever, and you just say to yourself, I hope it's not another 1993 Phillies. I hope this team can get back to the playoffs. Certainly, they let in more playoff teams now, uh, so it should be easier. And with the expanded playoffs, it's not like uh, they're likely ever going to be out of it. Although, if they keep losing, uh, you know, better watch yourself. The Phillies are in a situation so far this season where each and every day that goes by, each and every week that goes by, we're now coming up on Memorial Day weekend and we're about to hit the 50-game mark. They've played 48 games so far this season, and it's 22-26. and 26. And a lot of those losses, it's not as if they're getting beat by the who's who of baseball. They're losing to beatable teams, beatable starting pitchers. Uh, they lost to another one uh, this on Tuesday night, I should say, uh, in this game against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And it, whether it's uncompetitive bats, quick innings, pitching that doesn't have doesn't have the ability to go deep into games, doesn't have enough depth in that starting rotation. Uh, the Phillies are riddled with problems so far here this season. And again, they're in a situation where they're right around where they were a season ago. They were 21-29. and 29. Uh, They fired Joe Girardi in June. Uh, and that kind of kick-started, again, a totally different season 
after that point. Can't do that every year. They're not going to fire Rob Thompson. I have a funny feeling that Rob Thompson, uh, barring some incredibly, incredibly unforeseen circumstance, Rob Thompson's going to be the manager uh, when the Phillies walk off for the final time, walk off the field for the final time in 2023. This is not the same team we saw a year ago. This is not uh, the same group of guys. This is not, I mean, it's the same group of guys, but it's, it's they're not playing like the same group of guys. It's really, really frustrating because we saw the peaks of this team last October, and now we're seeing the valleys. We're seeing an undisciplined baseball team. We're seeing a baseball team that doesn't look half as talented. You know the talent's there, but they're not showing it. Um, and that, that's just been really frustrating to watch. That's kind of just my my short rant to begin the podcast here, um, because at a certain point, at a certain point, it's not early anymore. At a certain point, you have to take the standings and the win loss record for what it's worth, and not care about what they did a year ago. At a certain point, you have to say to yourself, they went to the World Series last year. That doesn't matter now, and that's the only reason why they're still hold out for it's like the, the eternal optimists might say at this point, while well, they were. 21 and 29 at this point a season ago, like they can turn it around or you're overreacting because you know the talent is there. At what point do you say to yourself, because I'm getting pretty close, at what point do you say to yourself, that's not going to happen? Like lightning's not going to strike twice. Uh, this is a Phillies baseball team, as I mentioned, that does not look the same. And that's last October and the playoff run last year is really, really beginning to look like the exception to the rule as opposed to the rule. Uh, and it's making this. 2023 Philly season, uh, much more frustrating to watch as a result. So that's kind of just my opening thought on things. First takeaway from this 4-3 loss uh, to the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, it's got to, it was the offense who let them down in this game. It was not many times so far this season. It has been the pitching. It's been the starting pitching. It's been the lack lack of length uh, with the starting pitching. We'll get into uh, the Phillies starting pitching and the Phillies pitching in general in this game in just a little bit here. But it was completely the offense that let them down. And a lot of the usual suspects. Trey Turner, another 0 for 4. Bryson Stott moves back into the leadoff hole. Uh, he goes 0 for 4. And, you know, he's worked a lot of good at-bats so far this season. He's kind of bounced around the lineup. So I don't mean to say that Bryson Stott has been, like, one of the leading causes uh, of this offense struggling so far this season. But he did go 0 for 4 out of the leadoff spot. Kyle Schwarber goes another 0 for 4 uh, out of the leadoff spot. Or not out of the leadoff spot. Out of the 5 spot, I should say. His batting average now down to 173. Uh, a bad season for Kyle Schwarber unless he's hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, you had an 0 for 2 out of Edmundo Sosa until he got pulled. Good managerial decision uh, by Rob Thompson going to Alec Bohm late in the game. We'll get to kind of the late game moves and where I think the Phillies lost the game yet again. Um, and Dalton Guthrie goes 0 for 3. So, you know, Bryce Harper, he has a couple of hits. Nick Castellanos, he had a hit. Uh, but a lot of the same guys coming up in important spots, coming up when in spots where the Phillies need runs, and just letting letting the opponent have their way. The Phillies were going up uh, against a guy by the name of Ryan Nelson uh, in this game. And my guess is you probably, he's not, not a household name. Most people probably have not heard of Ryan Nelson. Uh, the guy's only pitched 12 games in the major leagues in his entire life. Um, and th- there's a reason why he had a 5-4, he has a 5.48 ERA uh, on the season and a career ERA uh, right around there. Uh, but he looked like an established Major League veteran on Tuesday night going up against this Phillies lineup. Six innings, three hits, one run allowed, uh, only four strikeouts, but generating a lot of weak contact, only through 82 pitches in this game. We'll get to that in just a little bit here, too. Uh, the Phillies offense really not 
competitive against him, like re really not making this guy work, not making him feel uncomfortable, kept the crowd out of the game all night long. That's been really frustrating, too. When this team gets at home, one of the great things we saw last postseason is the crowd would get really into it the second there's a runner on base. And the second they start working a count and you start putting pressure on that opposing pitcher, the Phillies aren't even getting base runners on base. Work didn't even get base runners on base in this particular game to do that. And when they are getting runners on base, as we know, they're leaving a lot of those runners on because of how bad they're hitting with runners in scoring position uh, numbers have been so far this season. So that was really, really frustrating. Um, in the second inning, the one run came on a Cody Clemens double to left center field. He's actually swung a pretty good bat. Uh, as of late here. Uh, not something that was necessarily expected. Certainly a bright spot, a welcome bright spot for this Phillies team as of late. But uh, yeah, you're looking at a situation here where it's like the Phillies offense just, it, it dies. And, and one particular stat that uh, I saw coming out of this game that I found to be incredibly interesting was that it always feels like the, whenever the Phillies score a run that they give it immediately right back. And I'll give, I'll give credit to Anthony Sanfilippo uh, on Twitter for this. In case you were he goes, in case you were scoring at home, uh, this is the 19th time in just the month of May out of 20 out of 34, I should say, 19th time out of 34, the Phillies have had failed to have a shutdown inning after scoring, uh, and then later in the game it became 20 for 35. So, 20 out of 35 times where the Phillies have scored in a in the month of May, in an inning where the Phillies have scored, there have been 35 different innings. In the month of May, where the Phillies have scored 20 of those times, more than half, uh, they've immediately given a run right back. So it, I don't even know what you attribute that to. It's just a frustrating baseball team to watch that the second the offense gets anything going or gets the game a little bit closer, uh, that your pitching staff gives it right back. Again, I thought the offense, this game was just about squarely on the offense in general. It was frustrating to watch from the perspective of, all right, Cody Clemens hits that double uh, in the second inning and immediately... Uh, Cattell Marte triples and triples in a run in the third, and it was a two nothing deficit. You make you make it two one, and within two minutes, it's right back to three one. Then yet again, I mentioned it went from nine it went nineteen to th for thirty four, and then twenty to thirty four thirty five in the month of May in this exact game. In the bottom of the seventh inning, the Phillies are able to tie the game. Top of the eighth inning, they give it right back. This Phillies team just it makes you want to bang. What makes you want to bang your head up against a wall watching these guys? Like literally. Watching this team is one of the most infuriating things uh, following that World Series uh, run a season ago because you thought they had turned the corner. You thought that this team was different. And it's like it's back to the old losing baseball ways. Uh, and it's just been infuriating to watch uh, for a Phillies fan. So uh, the offense, and Trey Turner in particular, hearing more boos on Tuesday night, that he's got to be pressing uh, at this point. You know he wants to make an impact. I don't get the sense with him. Uh, that he's the type of guy who is just comfortable with the money he signed for uh, and he's mailing it in here. Like, I think he wants to be good. He just he cannot figure it out at the plate right now. Uh, and Trey Turner, certainly a guy who you had high expectations for. Bryce Harper comes back from injury, uh, has already done more for this team uh, in the short time he's been back uh, than Trey Turner has. Incredibly frustrating to watch uh, and incredibly infuriating to watch this offense all night long. Again, making Ryan Nelson look like a Cy Young candidate, frankly. Uh, not something that you generally want to see. So that was my number one takeaway, and I think it should be everyone's number one takeaway uh, from Tuesday night's game. The offense just did not come to play. Way too many easy outs. Only scoring one run off their starter 
uh, quickly got a couple of runs, showed some late fight, and then, of course, the Phillies uh, blow the game anyway with that stat courtesy of Anthony Sanfilippo. Again, 35 times the Phillies have had, 35 different innings the Phillies have scored uh, in May, and 20 of those innings, uh, the following time, the following inning, their opponent has scored a run uh, immediately thereafter. So the Phillies as a whole this month and this year, not very good at either cutting the lead or extending the lead uh, and holding it there for the following three outs uh, in either the top or bottom half of the inning that corresponds with that. So that's takeaway number one is the offense. Uh, takeaway number two is I actually thought Dylan Covey looked pretty good. Uh, his stat line certainly reflects that. He goes five innings, allows us one run. Uh, for a guy who pitched the, the past couple of years in China, you'll certainly take that. Um, he he gave the Phillies a chance to win this game. Like the two runs, Matt Strom allowed uh, that two-run home run uh, early in the game in the second inning um, to their their catcher Gabriel Moreno, and those two he came in with a two-nothing deficit. And despite that one run he allowed in the top of the third after that Clemens double that cut the lead to one, uh, which was frustrating. Dylan Covey again pitched for the most part pretty well. He would absolutely sign up for five innings. One run out of Dylan Covey. He came in to start the third inning uh, as the bulk guy. Matt Strom was the opener uh, in this particular game. Uh, but if he could give you anything remotely close to that moving forward, I know it was only one game, uh, and history tells us guys who, you know, come up from the minor leagues just one time and get picked up off waivers after pitching in China for a couple of years, probably not going to give you that type of consistency. But Dylan Covey, in no way, shape, or form, the pitching in no way, shape, or form, uh, was really the problem uh, on Tuesday night. For me, it was the offense. Uh, but Dylan Covey certainly looked good, uh, and that was certainly good to see. So that was takeaway number two. And the final takeaway, and I'm, again, I don't even know how you characterize this. This kind of goes to that stat I gave about the Phillies consistently uh, giving up runs after they score runs, is in the seventh inning, you felt the momentum of the game begin to change. You felt the game... The Diamondbacks go to their bullpen. Manager Tori Lavallo uh, goes to their bullpen, despite the fact that their starter, Nelson, uh, had gone six innings, one run, and just 82 pitches. Clearly, he had a predetermined thought in his mind. He was not going to let him face Harper a third time through the order uh, if he came up to start the seventh inning. And he didn't. He went to a reliever, uh, also by the last name of Nelson, but this time it was Kyle Nelson. And that, this is where the Phillies clawed their way back. So in the top of the seventh inning, uh, Lavolo again, he goes to the bullpen, or the bottom of the seventh inning, I should say. Bryce Harper leads off with a walk. Nick Castellanos immediately doubles. Uh, Kyle Schwarber pops out. Then he goes to Jose Ruiz out of the bullpen because he brought in the lefty uh, to face the two lefties in Harper and Schwarber. Ray, Romuto is hit by the pitch. Clemens hit, Cody Clemens hits him to fielder's choice. That's one run. Uh, and then he, uh, Rob Thompson pressing a correct button. Uh, he pinch hits for Edmundo Sosa with Alec Bohm, uh, who was on the bench in this game, uh, and he singles the center field, ties the game up at three. I thought that was a real momentum shift in the game where Tori Lavolo pressed the wrong button and Rob Thompson clearly pressed the right one. He A little bit of overmanaging uh, by the D-backs manager here in this particular case, you could, you could certainly argue. Like, I understand you don't want to send your guy out there who you don't have a ton of faith in to face Harper again in the seventh inning, but uh, Nelson, Ryan Nelson, the starter, was cruising in this particular game, uh, had a two-run lead, so maybe, say, you have a guy ready, but you let him pitch until the tying run gets on. 
No, he just had to go straight to his bullpen, and that move backfired. Like, that move absolutely led to the, the two runs were charged to Kyle Nelson, the reliever, and that absolutely led to the Phillies tying the game. Like, that move by the Diamondbacks, by Diamondbacks manager Tori Lavolo, absolutely backfired. And a 3-1 game immediately became a 3-3 game. And on the other side, Rob Thompson pressed the right button. He pinch hit Alec Bohm in the absolute right spot. He pinch hit him in a spot where there were two outs and he needed a clutch hit to you know tie the game up. And Bohm delivered for him. And Bohm delivered for him in a big way. And now you had a crowd at Citizens Bank Park who had been kept out of it all night. You had uncompetitive at bats all night. And finally, the Phillies were able to, they didn't have to hit the long ball. They got traffic on the bases and they hit those guys in. Uh, and that was really, really good to see. And it felt like, okay, the Diamondbacks had it for the first six innings. Their manager makes a wrong move. Phillies manager makes a correct move. Phillies back in business. It's tied 3-3. But as I mentioned, what the May Philly, the May 2023 Phillies always do when they tie a game or when they score runs, they immediately give the lead right back. True to form, top of the eighth inning. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez comes in, and he's been really, really good so far this season. Uh, he hasn't allowed an earned run, I think, since the month of April it is. Uh, he comes in and immediately allows a leadoff double. Uh, the runner gets the third on a pass ball, a walk, and then allows a single to the left, and that makes the game 4-3 for the Diamondbacks. And he gets himself out of a jam without any further damage, but that was the game right there. Like, that was the game right there. Good teams find ways uh, to win baseball games when the momentum shifts like that. When when the other when the opposing team's manager pulls his starter too early, goes to the bullpen and presses the wrong button within that bullpen, and you tie you make a three one game, a three three game. That's you know, good teams find ways to capitalize on that, and bad teams do what the Phillies did, which is somehow you know I'm not blaming Rob Thompson. I think Sir Anthony Dominguez has, as I mentioned, been a really reliable arm out of the bullpen, but something. I don't know if it's the psyche or just like the vibe around the team, whatever you want to call it. Somehow the Phillies found a way to lose this game uh, because the ba- call it what you want. The baseball gods didn't want them to win or they didn't smell victory or they, whatever it was. They just found it's frustrating because they found a way to lose uh, a game that they tied up in the seventh. They immediately gave the run right back in the eighth inning, often a reliever in Dominguez who hadn't allowed the inner run in like a month. So, Good teams, sometimes you just need things to break your way. Baseball is a weird game. You play 162 games for a reason. And in the Phillies case on, on Wednesday night, or on Tuesday night, I should say, uh, I'm, I'm not blaming you know things breaking the wrong way or, or a reliever who's been good for a month uh, not having it on Tuesday. Um, it's still squarely on the offense for not producing more runs earlier in the game. But if the Phillies were playing, I mean, we've seen the Phillies when they're on winning streaks and they find ways to win games no matter what. It feels like they would have tied that game 3-3 and they would have gotten themselves out of that jam in the eighth inning and they would have had a eighth or ninth inning comeback and they would have found a way to win. And these guys would have smelled blood and found a way to win. They would have made the Diamondbacks manager Lavolo pay for that dumb move he made in the seventh inning. Or the, again, not dumb move, but a move that ended up backfiring, right? Now you're in a situation where it feels like every single time there's a breaking point in the game, the Phillies are not finding ways to win, but they're finding ways to lose. And that's the true sign of like a losing baseball team. And again, I don't know how they get themselves out of it. There are a lot of issues with this team as of this moment. The pitching staff not being deep enough. The offense not showing up consistently enough. Uh, the bullpen, for the most part, has been pretty good. And 
one of your most reliable arms doesn't come through for you uh, when you need him in the eighth inning. Sir Anthony Dominguez getting the loss in this particular game uh, does not mean that it was this loss was uh, on him for the most part. Again, it was mostly on the offense. Uh, but this team as a whole, when you look at it from a macro level, uh, it feels like every single time there is a game in the balance, similar to Tuesday night, they are finding ways to lose games. So th- those are my takeaways uh, from this game. Number one is that this is not the same team who went to the World Series last October. I- I've kind of been thinking that for a little bit now. Uh, it's This team has its own identity, uh, and they are... A bun- they, they're playing like a bunch of they're playing like a losing baseball team right now. They, they're not playing like a postseason baseball team at all, despite a lot of the names being the same. Um, the offense was just putrid uh, for the most part on Tuesday night. Dylan Covey gets a passing grade, more than a passing grade, like you know, probably like a B plus uh, for his or an A minus even for based upon what his expectations were uh, in his Phillies debut, uh, and the Phillies able to capitalize on uh, the diamond, the opponent's manager making a decision that backfired for them, uh, but then immediately coughing up that lead. And, you know, when you hear a stat like 35 to- out of the 35 times you score a run, 20 of the times you immediately give it right back, you say to yourself, maybe this is just a, maybe this is just a losing baseball team at the moment. Maybe that is their identity uh, until they're able to snap out of it. So uh, that's what I have for you on today's Phillies Today podcast on the other side. Uh, quickly run through the matchups for Wednesday's series finale at Citizens Bank Park uh, before this team heads to Atlanta, uh, New York, and Washington for an NL East divisional road trip. That'll do it, or that'll do it for the segment of Phillies Today. More Phillies Today coming right up. Again, I'm your host Dan Wilson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Phillies Today podcast with your host Dan Wilson. Uh, quickly getting me ready for this Phillies Diamondbacks game coming up later today uh, at 105. The series finale where the Phillies will try and salvage a series and avoid getting swept against Arizona, just trying to fight for that 3-3 three and three homestand. Uh, it'll be Ranger Suarez going up against Zach Gallen. Uh, Ranger Suarez not coming off a uh, stellar performance against the Cubs, just two innings, uh, four runs allowed. Before that, against the Rockies, uh, four innings, three runs allowed. Uh, so he'll be looking for kind of put his stamp on the 2023 season and uh, you know, really make his mark with hopefully some more length and some more effectiveness against the Diamondbacks lineup. Uh, and one of the most frustrating things about this Phillies Diamondbacks series thus far is you definitely wanted to get one of the first two uh, when you know that Zach Allen, who's been, you know, one of the better pitchers in all of Major League Baseball uh, and is one of the better pitchers in all of Major League Baseball, uh, has, is on the other side. He's coming off a bad start in Pittsburgh where he only went three and two thirds and allowed five runs, but he has been, you know, quite effective. Uh, in particular in the month of May and late April. Um, and so his his ERA went from 235 to 295 in that start. But uh, you would imagine that, again, Lightning not going to strike twice. Uh, local guy, he went, he's from South Jersey. Uh, you imagine he's going to want to pitch well in front of his uh, his home fans and, well, his what used to be his home fans, but a number of his uh, local supporters, family and friends, stuff of that nature. Uh, he's going to want to pitch well. He has been a really, really good pitcher so far this season. Uh, and for an offense that looked as bad as it did against Ryan Nelson on Tuesday night, uh, you know, baseball is a weird game. I'm sure they'll find a way to explode for eight runs against Zach Gallen, uh, but certainly on paper, that's not how things work. Uh, and you would have liked to capitalize on a little bit less experience and a less, uh, less of a pedigree uh, in Nelson than a guy like Zach Gallen. Uh, so not exactly a pitcher the Phillies offense will look, you know, you'd want to try and bounce back against, but that is what they are up against. Uh, so that, again, coming up later today at 105. Phillies trying to salvage a series. 
and salvage a homestand. That'll do it for today's episode of the Phillies Today podcast. Check back here every single day uh, for more episodes. Follow me on Twitter at Dan underscore Wilson4 for more Phillies Today podcast, tweets about the Phillies and all things Philadelphia sports. Uh, and stay tuned tomorrow for the episode with my counterpart, uh, my coworker Francisco Rojas. Again, once again, Phillies Today podcast, Phillies Diamondbacks coming up later today. Talk to you later, everybody. See ya. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.